0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. We're grateful to have you with us today. This is a podcast where we interview people, and they tell us their stories of the things that they have done that is above and beyond. Uh, We interview business owners, we interview athletes, uh, we interview people that have overcome big obstacles or followed their dreams in some way, and we get inspired by what other people are doing, and it gives us courage to go do the amazing things that we wanna do. Some have feel, felt some of our guests feel like they've been called to do big things, and some have been able to find and follow their dreams from a young age. However it is, we're, we're grateful to have them and tell their story. Today we have Farmer Joy with us, and she is an excellent interview. She is a cowgirl, and she loves animals, and has a great story about cows and chickens and pets and a blind rooster. And it is, a, it is a great and inspiring story. I hope that you find inspiration from this in your own life and that you pass it on to your friends. If you get the opportunity and you can go on Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that would just mean a lot to me. If you can like and follow my Facebook page at Socks and Soul Podcast on Facebook, that would just mean the world to me. So. Thanks for joining us today. Without further ado, welcome to the Socks and Soul podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Ditto. Let's go. I'm excited to have in my studio today, Farmer Joy. Welcome, Joy.
1: Thank you. Hello. Thank you for having me. And
0: and you brought a guest.
1: I did. This is Raymond the Rooster.
0: Hi, Raymond. He's
1: blind. He cannot see at all.
0: How old is Raymond? Uh, he's about
1: three years old. We've had him two years, and usually by the talons you can tell their age. Um, so he was, um, if I may, share a story. Please. He was abandoned um, from some people at a residence that moved away and left him behind. Okay. And the neighbors had called, um, saying, "Hey, Farmer Joy, there's a rooster been out here for three days, and he's just sitting on the grass, no food, no water, living oh my on gosh. the dew of the grass." That's yep. terrible. So I went and picked him up, and he is an amazing addition.
0: And he was already blind at He the was time? already blind. How does a chicken go blind?
1: Well, um, roosters like to service all the girls, and they kind of like to keep them to themselves. Uh-huh. So if there's two or more roosters, they fight. Okay. And as most people know, if you could take away your enemy's eyes...
0: <laughs> that's a good strategy. They're,
1: they're pretty helpless, <laughs> unfortunately. So I suspect that that's what happened. Okay. And they might have taken um, that herd... With them, and then just didn't want him and figured he'd wander away or whatever. Right. Who knows? But he's been an amazing addition. Um, he doesn't have any eyeballs left, but uh, we believe he kind of is working on echo Vision a little bit because he's really amazing. He has very enhanced hearing and smell. Yeah. So it's definitely a challenge to house him because he cannot run outside with the other animals because he would be perfect prey for an owl, a oh, hawk. sure. Coyotes. Right. So he has to have a special environment that he lives in. hmm But he loves to crow all hours of the day because he doesn't know what time of day it is. (laughs) (laughs) Because
0: he can't tell whether it's day or night. Maybe
1: we'll be blessed to hear him during our interview. But he's absolutely an amazing bud. He's uh, very cool because the kids can touch, you know, his coombs and uh, his wattles and just get really hands-on with him. Stay here,
0: bud. So so for those of you that are listening and not watching, he's, uh, I mean, he's a big rooster. This is a big guy. He, He sits maybe, you know, two feet tall. And yeah, his, you know, his feathers are spectacular, turquoise and gold and uh, yeah, very, very prominent looking bird here. So this is your deal.
1: Yes. So what Second Chance Ranch Rescue does is we rescue all unwanted, abused and neglected animals that we can farm animals um, and we give them a second chance basically a life mm-hmm. but the blessing is that we travel to schools and churches and retirement homes and veterans facilities rehabs hospitals and private parties sharing the animals
0: so it's a sort of a traveling petting zoo if it, you will it is
1: but it is educational so it's not like yeah. we wouldn't do a fair Sure. Um, For entertainment value. We really get hands-on. We bring 18 different breeds of animals, so it's like 35 to 40 animals, and it's typically an hour and a half or longer depending on the event and how many guests and how far we travel. And what we do, it is orientation style. So we start with everybody sitting down doesn't matter if it's a one-year-old birthday party or an 80-year-old birthday party. And I have done those, which have been awesome. But everybody's
0: introduced to each (laughs) You get a bunch of uh, 80-year-olds and their friends and family, (gasps) and they just love it, I'm sure.
1: They do. And and they (laughs) come to me a lot of times, and they're like, Hey, you know, we think we had more fun than the kids did. (laughs) Because they get really personal. They get to, you know, we get to touch their wattles, We get to touch their coombs. We spread their wings. You know, they touch, you know, different parts of the animal that they never would.
2: Yeah, for Um,
1: sure. My kind of thing is when, like, you go to the county fair, you get to see the cows, but you basically look at their butts as they're tied on. Sure. And with our cows that we bring in calves, they get to touch them. They sit down and snuggle with them. They play with their ears. They play with their tail. You, know, they really get hands on. And your
0: animals are so used to it they that are. they just. They probably love it. They just they absorb it, and they sn- they snuggle with the kids. They do.
1: They get very relaxed right after in. a few minutes. A lot of times, like I said, the bigger animals, they'll sit down, and the kids just nuzzle up to them, and then the teenagers get selfies, and the parents just go, oh, I've always wanted a cow or right. something, you know. <laughs> but it's a really hands-on educational experience. Yeah. So during our orientation, like I said, we introduce all 18 breeds. We sh- might share their stories, yeah. you know, why they were abused or neglected yeah. or we are blessed to work with um kootenai county and spokane county on some of their rescues so we get to help them outside of their dog and cat realm and uh, sometimes we get to help with them their placement but we can help with the handling or transporting Um, so yeah and it's 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 all good but it's giving these animals a second chance to me is amazing there's so many people that kids Don't even get to ever touch. Right. You know, let alone a chicken or a rooster. Yeah. And so at first they're a little afraid and they don't know how. Yeah. And we take in volunteers and then we're like, come on, come on. And they encourage them to touch them and hold them, pet them, you know, and then that's where it creates a really cool memory. And they're like, wow, this
0: is cool. Absolutely. We you know, as as farming gets more commercialized and we become more and more urban, we're getting further and further away from
1: ha-
0: having our own animals or knowing somebody that does. Yes, you know, kind of
1: silly that sometimes the kids won't even know that a chicken lays an egg or a cow comes from a female or excuse me, milk comes from a female cow, and like a male cow would not have teats and not mm-hmm. be able to produce milk, or that's where their McDonald's hamburger supposedly comes from. <laughs> so there are some fun things where you know. You might get the wife goes, honey, you shouldn't have said that, you know, or the husband goes, well, this is our hamburger or whatever. Right. And the kids are like, oh, you know, they just don't know. Right. So it is nice to share with them, you know.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I was raised mostly in a small town in central Oregon. And as you saw from some of the pictures on my wall, I come from a big family. Nice. And my dad grew up in Montana. And I think you know, because I've got four brothers and, you know, teenage boys are obnoxious and busy, I think part of the reason he bought the place was to give his to give his sons something to do. And so we we had chickens and we had, you know, cows, occasional horse. We had a pig once. Nice. And uh and, and it was just interesting because I grew up, you know, respecting the animals, you know, Taking care of them and then harvesting them, mm-hmm. you know, for our well being mm-hmm. as a family of nine. Yep. And good for and, you. and it's interesting, you know, how how there's so many people out there who have, really have no idea how this how this process works. Exactly. And how important it is. Exactly. You know. There is such a thing as, you know, caring greatly for animals, mm-hmm. you know, and then also using them for our good. You can do both. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important for people to understand. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. So So you've always been an animal lover, obviously.
1: I have. I have. I mean, this is our 31st year. Wow. My 31st year, I should say. I was pregnant during my first petting zoos. So, yeah. Um, Yes, and I'm blessed to have a very good um, amount of of, um, Spokane individuals that that pretty much hire us almost every year. Mm -hmm. They will have us come out and visit. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Definitely blessed. So
0: did you grow up around here and did you grow up on a farm? I did not. What Neither was your why. first animal? I, like I'm so interested in how you got here. Well, because that's a really good, you come in here and you just story. like explode animal love. You you know, again for those that, that are that are listening, not watching, Joy has this spectacular cowboy hat. She's got this cowgirl. beautiful excuse me, cowgirl hat. It's beautiful. Yeah cowgirl hats are way prettier than cowboy hats <laughs> and uh, you know this beautiful pink cowgirl shirt with rhinestones and I mean you are cowgirl all the way
1: thank you, thank you. I try to I have that it. image for the little girls especially because yeah. they're like oh we really like your belt or you like your pink or purple boots and I do cater it too to the kids just on a side note so if they call for a birthday party and like oh my daughter's favorite color is purple so we might paint the horse's mane purple yes. put some purple ribbons in there paint the hooves purple yeah. you know and then I might dress a purple you know volunteers have to wear their shirts and so it again creates that really cool thing that girl goes oh my gosh it has purple hair purple toenails and we like that that's fun too but thank you i do try and have that image because i think it's kind of unprofessional if i was just in a pair of t-shirt and a pair of jeans yeah you know i want to portray i am this cowgirl i have a lot of horses i ride you know we teach ride we do trail rides you know we do all kinds of fun things so it's nice to have that image i think To be professional. Absolutely. You know, I, yeah,
0: yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, so tell me, tell me about how you grew up and how you got into this.
1: So originally I'm from California and um, my parents sent me to a horse riding camp um, that was in Santa Barbara and this was probably back in the 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. and it was like a two-week thing where you went there, they gave you a horse, you had to learn uh, pretty much every part of the horse, and you got tested at the end, and you learned all kinds of riding in your segment that you were there, and that was my addiction. And I had gone there for a couple of years, several times.
0: So were you, were, did you grow up in, in more city. of an urban Mm-mm. environment? Nope,
1: I was in the city. Los wow. Angeles, California. No kidding. Beach, so, yep.
0: so why did your parents choose to do that? I'm
1: not sure. Uh, we weren't allowed to, my parents are both from Germany okay and uh, they migrated here in 57 and started to went through school and became American citizenships and did all that worked really hard and we could not go um, to join anything at school like Girl Scouts or anything like that because they wanted to take us camping and so we were blessed my brother and I to do all kinds of fun things go ride motorcycles and go out mm-hmm. in the country camping in the desert and learned everything from shooting to kind of survival skills, you know, as you can back yeah. then. And um, I don't know why or how they actually actually started us on that. I really loved it, and it was definitely my addiction. So then in my, um, I think it was early 20s, I started acquiring horses. And I had three horses in the riverbed housing, <laughs> you know, and that's what we did. It was we were down the riverbed to the beaches. And... Um, then I ended up moving up here in 1989, so you, bringing so you, three horses.
0: So you right. went to this camp that your parents had sent you to, and you you instantly, just as a vacation. you instantly found out you discovered this love for horses and animals. Was it horses, or was yes, it just animals horses. in general? No,
1: it was like a horse camp. Okay. Yeah, we did a show at the end of the two weeks for oh, the parents. Oh, fun. And, you <laughs> know, as you came back each next segment, you would be like a beginner, and then travel to intermediate, and then travel to larger. And they taught us like every part of the horse, and you had to take a test. And then you'd learn certain things. And for some reason, it just stuck.
0: So so did they send you out as a city girl and two weeks back you came back in like Wrangler, Wranglers and a Cowgirl no. hat? No, it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> You're like, that. I'm in. I'm all in, yeah. Mom and Dad. <laughs> I think
1: my parents were just trying to give me an opportunity of all these cool things to experience. Good for them. Not realizing that I was addicted. Yeah. And I was blessed to be able to go back two or three times. And I'm sure it was a lot of money back then.
2: Oh, sure. I mean,
1: they do offer that now. And it's basically just keep your kids busy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it, it was definitely my start because then I somehow I acquired horses um, through my young childhood, well, adulthood, I guess, and then um, moved up here next door to my parents just to be close to them. Then I got married, you know, had uh, several kids, Mm -hmm. and it just blew up. I mean, I started basically my petting zoo by bringing three horses here from California and then just getting a few farm animals. And neighbors would be like, hey, Joy, do you want this? Blah, 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 blah. And a neighbor across the way who had like 85 cows said, hey, Joy, I got a calf down just born it's not going to make it through the night if you want it come get it otherwise coyotes are going to eat it i'm like uh, okay i'll take it your and big like, heart was like if no it'll way survive you can have it right you know which kind of is a big investment back in the 80s oh, and sure. 90s so i was like okay nothing know nothing about cows at yeah. the time so I took this little baby in he lost an ear he lost a tail i named him frostbite and he survived, and he was a great petting zoo animal. And then the local schools started reaching out to me like, hey, can we bring the kids by for a field trip? So I was like, yeah, sure. So I started doing that for a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. And then I think in the late 90s, there became like mad cow disease and all these things. And schools were a little more yeah. cautious.
2: Sure.
1: So then I started going mobile. And then through the next few years, I went strictly mobile. So I do not have a public facility. People cannot come to me mm-hmm. because we are protecting the animals. We strictly do mobile events. And that has worked out pretty beneficial.
0: Yeah. Uh, even better in some cases.
1: Um, Not so much. but Because, okay. I mean, some people were just like, hey, can we come to?" Yeah, like, no. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true.
1: Yeah. I'd like to think that the animals we bring to the petting zoos are like Raymond. You know, they're physically a little more... Uh, heartwarming as a story to share yeah. there have been a few animals that I've had that have been deformed and I have taken them to petting zoos and it just doesn't go well, they, the public can't see some yeah. of the ugliness sure.
0: yeah.
1: um, that, that's out there yeah. and my farm is not You I mean I wish I had a corporate sponsor but it, I, I don't um, I have a very clean facility, it's very um, simple and down to earth mm-hmm. um, but the animals are safe, happy and fed but uh, we do it on a very low budget because we're a nonprofit yeah. and uh, you know I do what I can and currently I have like about 120 130 animals sometimes wow. in the summer we get up to two, 250
0: holy cow yeah so that's if
1: you count everything you know every bird and every rabbit every sure. guinea and you know yeah. but um, it takes a bit to feed them and a lot of time to Tend to them. Oh yeah, you know, four or six mean, hours a heck, day.
0: Heck, we we would raise fifty chickens at a time, and that I felt like as a kid that was a lot of work. It wasn't, but as yeah. a kid I felt like it. But was. But they're all in
1: one room. Or they're we're all building. in one room.
0: It's easy. You just yeah. fill up their water and you fill up their feeder, yeah, and no. you they're good to go. No, but uh, you got yeah. all kinds of different. These guys breeds get to free range too,
1: which is awesome. They is. get to free range, even though some animals are in different pens and cages. We open them up certain days of the week, and they get to run around. Yeah. You know, and then the better ones, I should say, get to travel.
2: Yeah. Or the
1: ones with a better story, or the ones some aren't very friendly Mm -hmm. you know there are goats that we've tried and like they might headbutt people or you know we can't have that we can't have biters and kickers (laughs) no no (laughs) so it definitely has challenges on picking whom we take you know um so yeah but anyway so i was total city girl kind of got a taste of horses would be a good thing to say then decided to, to just be like, yeah, I really like horses. So I acquired them as personal use, loved them, rode them, totally addicted to them. Came up here and turned total country girl.
0: That is Total awesome. country, yeah. Wait, so what brought you up here from California? Just my
1: parents, that they had migrated up here in okay. the mid-70s, and okay. I think it's because of the Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the first generation to be born here from Germany, out of our whole family. That is cool. And so her brothers and sisters, my mother's brothers and sisters came here, and they migrated, and then they drifted up here you know kind of portland one and then the rest up here and Mm -hmm. so everybody kind of came back together which is a blessing um and that's how i ended up here and starting the zoo was just by people basically giving me animals at the time
0: so your your day in and day out is taking care of all these animals scheduling shows uh, and you know and then piling these animals in trailers and heading off you're organizing lots of volunteers and then you're fielding phone calls from people that say, hey, Joy, we've got a blind chicken who's out in the middle of nowhere. Do you want him? And, and so that's what you're doing. You're just – and then but, – but then you've got it. I mean the, it must take some time to take these animals in whatever environment they were in – and and nurture them to become a friendly Mm -hmm. we
1: do the the animal the rehabilitation is interesting the way it has to come um i have been blessed to see that in most cases i try not to do like dogs but i have seen because now there's so many dog rescues out there i'm blessed to be able to work with a few of them Mm -hmm. and um i have seen vicious wrong mean dogs as these animals and in most cases i hate to say it it's wrong environment yeah. I mean, I see so many people try and get a pig or a goat and raise it in their house or apartment. Mm-hmm. And after a couple of weeks, they're like, uh, we really can't do this. Yeah, And sadly, they don't know. I mean, that's not how God intended them to live. Right. They need the dirt. They need um, animals of the same type in some cases. You know, they need to have the right diet. I've seen people so many times feed them the wrong diets. hmm I mean, I can't tell you how many times I get a pig in and they're like, oh, yeah, it's a mini, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, how much does it weigh? 250 pounds, (laughs) you know. What have you been feeding it? Table scraps, you know. That's just not what they would have found out in the wild. right? So, yeah, the rehabilitation process is definitely... One, that we have to get them on the right diet so that their fat can lift off their eyes and they can actually see. Oh my gosh. They can become mobile because a lot of times they're not mobile. We get a lot of broken wings, broken feathers, broken feet um, because they don't know how to take care of them. Or they only want the perfect ones.
0: So what is the most unusual or unique animal that you have had come to the rescue?
1: Uh, oh, that's a great question. Um, unique or unusual? Um I personally only stick to farm animals. So um, let me think here. Hmm. It's not like I've ever been asked to take in a camel or anything weird. um, And we don't have Africa-type style, you know, no giraffes or elephants. Um, Probably I would say the most exotic animals we take in are turtles, tortoises, um, hedgehogs, guinea hens those type of animals uh which are great cuz the kids just love i mean they never get to see them let alone touch them or interact with them yeah i would probably say off the top of my head tapping into my memory bank here um i think that's right i think that's right yeah my favorite f- a few have been uh roosters i think are my personal um mm-hmm. and alpacas and llamas um and goats. I know that sounds weird, but those four have so much interesting stuff about them that people just don't know or let alone get to touch. Right. Unfortunately, most kids, or adults I should say, have, if they've had experience on farms, like yourself, they always have some scary story about a goose chasing them,
2: (laughs) a chicken attacking, a rooster
1: attacking them, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. So it's really nice when you have a sweet, docile one, and they're like have this 30-year-old trauma that they can come in and (laughs) Oh, okay. This is good. It, it is funny
0: because you know, I mean, having raised chickens as a teenager, as a young you know, young man, I mean, we would get them obviously as chicks and we'd raise them twelve mm-hmm. weeks or ten weeks or whatever, and you know, I mean, they were always just kind of these annoying little birds, mm-hmm. you know. And so when you know, get you know, we we got chickens here during the COVID thing, you know, and uh, and. You know, our kids have some friends that are, like, afraid of chickens. And I'm like, how could you possibly be? I mean, it's called a chicken for a reason, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just always, it was always entertaining to me you know, Mm -hmm. that, that some people, but you know, it's based out of something that happened to them as a Mm -hmm. kid or whatever.
1: There's many people that have had huge trauma being attacked by roosters and geese. Those are the most two. There's also alpaca stories, um, llama stories, donkey horses, you know, and that's one of the reasons that I really love. I love taking that negativeness and turning it into a positive experience. Yes. Um, And, and getting hands on that's, Amazing therapy, and that's why I do what I do. I love going to a school where kids are like, What is that? I'm like, it's a rooster, but they might not have ever seen one their whole life or they're scared of it. And being able to get hands-on and go, This is soft, this is hard, this is what they use this for, this is what they don't use it for,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and I can agely appropriately during my orientation gear it towards that age group that they can understand it. Yeah. Um, when we go to a senior home and we can put bunnies in their laps, whether they can hear, whether they can see, whether they are stroke ridden, whether they can do anything, they can feel that animal and it calms them down. They can touch it. I mean, I've had therapists over the years say, I have never seen them smile.
0: No kidding. So
1: it's so amazing. I'm so blessed to do what I'm able to do with these animals and to share them with humans.
0: This is, so this is, I mean, I'm really touching the cord on why mm-hmm. you do what you do.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not only that all these animals have a story to share; they have so much love to give. Yeah, they might come in extremely wild and strung out and angry, and all they want to do is be loved and pet. They don't want to be sitting on the dinner table. Yeah,
0: yeah, you
1: know. And uh, they definitely can touch so many people. You know, and when you see Grandma over there going ah we used to catch these and put them in the fryer and she's got some great old stories <laughs> but she's never had one on her lap loving on her you know yeah. loving on him or her and, yeah and that's cool
0: yeah that is awesome
1: it's really neat that we can do we i did a blind petting zoo once for a lady who was blind uh-huh. and we surprised her you know it was a whole thing by her daughter it was really cool she had to stay in the house i did all the setup then she came out and she was like kind of trying to listen for it's some like, of the what noises. Are those noises. Right. And everything's orientation style when I do our petting zoos. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is Raymond. Raymond's 3 years old. This is the type he is. The breed he is. Please touch you know his talons. Please touch you know this, please touch that. Touch his touches touch it all. And they're just like, wow, I've never been able to do this before. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if that old adult or that young child, even if they have challenges. Yeah. They can still touch, see and feel.
0: There's something magical the about about oh, life, you know, and Amen. my my wife is a she's a clinical therapist. Oh you yeah, you know, and so she's occasionally, you know, being married to her, I have a you know, you know a a a degree by osmosis in therapy. Oh nice. <laughs> but you know, she she talks she's talked in the past about the importance of physical touch, yes. human physical oh, touch, oh huge, you know, and and how important that is for helping us feel connected to mm-hmm. each other and to our loved ones and to mm-hmm. society. But I think the same goes. You know, with animals in animals a lot of ways. Animals are
1: so amazing with therapy. Yeah, they are so amazing. I mean, I see so many, uh, any age, will come over and they'll just start petting. Let's say, uh, let's say the rooster for mm-hmm. now. We'll just we'll just call it that. But they'll come over to Raymond, and I'll turn around and look. And five minutes later, they are sitting down, snuggling. He's on their lap, and they're just like, "I'm digging this." They're loving it, and it is. It's they can. They sense it. They yeah. know it, and yeah. those special needs really bond with yeah. a few of these animals. And yeah. it gives, uh and it's so heartwarming. Yeah. It's just such a blessing to see um, something like that. So that's why I do what I do. I think it's, it's, Lord blessed me to do this for a reason. Oh man, uh, it's so it's there. I can
0: just feel the energy and the excitement for what you do Thank coming you. off of you. Thank you. One of the one of the things that we talk about a lot on this show is. There's a lot of people out there doing things on a day-in and day-out basis as a career or, you know, whatever, that they are f- tremendously unsatisfied or or they just feel like their life has more purpose or, mm-hmm. or more opportunity. And, you know, I, I have people come on the show who have switched careers in mm-hmm. their, you know, 30s or 40s or 50s and gone a different direction to seek that satisfaction. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're really blessed to have yeah. identified that early on and... And one of the questions that we ask on the show is about, you know, from a financial standpoint, how much of what you do has played into that? And, and was it ever a challenge, you know, to keep it open because you're you're a mm-hmm. nonprofit and, you yeah. know, and, and how has that all played into your decision to do what you do?
1: Yeah. Whoa. um well, I was in an extremely abusive relationship when I first started it. Mm. So I think it was my therapy. Yeah. They gave me back so much. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. And it was definitely a negative part of my life. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the animals gave me back. Yeah. That love for sure. Sorry.
0: So so the hurt that you were having in your home, you would you would go out and you would find these oh, yeah. animals that were also in pain. And you would connect with each other.
1: Yeah. And most of the time, they find me. Yeah. Like, I've been blessed now to do it for 31 years, but I'll take quite a few calls that people will say, hey, you know, can you take this? Can you take that? Um, And I'm like, sure. But I've become a little more selective
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, because I'm not their excuse to eliminate their animal. Right. And that's hard. But if somebody has three horses and one's just an old horse and they just want to get rid of a meal ticket... To me, that's not a rescue. Yeah. That's you not fulfilling a commitment. Right. So I might offer feed. I might offer, you know, help where I can. But um, it's definitely been a challenge. But in my earlier years, um, I've never had to advertise for animals, if that makes sense. Somehow the Lord brings them all to me. Yeah. They just, it just happens. Yeah. I can't explain how or why. But I get those calls, like like Raymond, who's a perfect example. It was like a neighbor, just hearing him out on the lawn, crowing every now and then, just sitting there, yeah, whittling away. yeah. And it's, somehow the Lord brought it to me. And he's been th- one of the best stories. The kids just, I'll get a kid with special needs that'll just suck to him. Like yeah. he's drawn to him. And he will just sit there, and the teacher will go, Wow, I haven't seen that kid ever sit still for 10 minutes.
0: And I've never seen him connect to yes, anything yes, like this before. Yes.
1: So it's just amazing how I've been blessed and they blessed me in many years of just, I guess, uh, the therapy, the love they give unconditionally.
0: Isn't it interesting how the hardships that we face in our lives open the door to experiences Amen. and you know, and the ability to help and, and connect yeah. with people down Absolutely. the road? I, you know, it's really easy to, to, to stand in a trial and think, why are you letting this happen to me? You know, I, I, I was taught in Sunday school and I read in the Bible that you love me unconditionally. Why am I experiencing this thing? And it's so interesting how this, this fire that we have to walk through, the refiner's fire, they call it in the scriptures, right? Yeah. Makes us better people, but then also gives us the opportunity, opens the doors in our lives to, to help other people and and i i mean i would love to see a head count of the number of kids whose amen. lives you have changed
1: amen because we, it's in the tens we of do, thousands we do and there's another part of it too but I know for a fact, and I've seen it so many times, that we're blessed to do so many events. And um, we will have a little child come over that has a, some sort of disability. They might be shaking. They might be convulsing. And we'll say, hey, we you know, we have a code for it. And then we know all of a sudden kind of everybody, the volunteers, come bring an animal to this little person. And they will stop their body once they touch an animal. They just, wow. It's just something that calms them down and they might stop convulsing or shaking or wiggling and they can feel that animal and we cater to that person because that individual might be in a wheelchair or might have one or two helpers helping them stand up or it could be braces or they could not see or whatever it is and we just bring three or four animals to them and they can feel that animal and they just calm down immediately it's amazing yes and i and i think maybe now realizing that because I was in an abusive relationship, those animals gave me what I needed to yeah, survive. Yeah,
0: they filled the gaps. Amen. And, and when you were sitting in the middle of those trials, yep. thinking God had abandoned you, it he was didn't. actually the opposite. Yep. He was yep. filling your life yep. and That's filling right. the void with all of these things that you needed at the time. Amen. It's such a beautiful story. And I'm story. so
1: blessed that I can now share all the animals yes. with so many kids. Yeah. And... Another entity of the um, the rescue is that we take in volunteers, these young girls that come to us, mm-hmm. and somehow after a day or two, they just open up to me. That most of them are have been cutters or suicides or in abusive situations and pregnant teens, and oh, been so blessed that these animals give them the therapy. Yeah, to become better individuals.
0: Absolutely,
1: and. is so rewarding i'm so blessed to do what i do on multiple levels and then these young teens they can grow up you know learning how to care for animals doing these petting zoos sharing with others and it teaches them so many skills yeah yeah i'm not easy (laughs) on them but um they learn work ethics and presentation and how to work hard Mm -hmm. no cell phones no internet you know and it's amazing to see these individuals grow up to be amazing
0: people well the the Humans, thing the thing adults. that you learn raising animals and again my experience is limited to chickens and cows and a couple <laughs> pigs here and there but but they give so much like, love. Y- you don't get sick days yep you know i mean they're, they're you know yep. there are things that have to be done mm-hmm. and it's such a awesome opportunity for these young women mm-hmm. that you mentor to be able to come yep. in and and learn this yep. and and also to get the reward of I mean, they're hundred percent dependent on us. Yep, amen. You know, they—if mm-hmm. we—if we ignore them, yep. You know,
1: that's correct.
0: It—it it gets bad really in a hurry.
1: Yeah, I wish I had a winning lottery ticket so I can have an amazing environment <laughs> for these animals. But yeah, it's a lot of work, and people just really don't realize. Yeah. You know, even when we do a share a petting zoo, I mean, it's an eight or ten hour day. Yeah. And to see these young kids come out and get dirty. You know, they have to muck stalls, they have to clean these animals, we have to clean kennels, we have to clean the trailer, we yep. have to pack them up, we have to polish their toenails, yep. you know, whatever it takes. Um, and it's great for them to see, you know, it's kind of like owning a dog, you know, or you get your kid a pet and yeah. they're enthralled for the first two weeks and then mom or dad gets stuck cleaning up the poop, taking them to the vet yep. and doing it all and, and we try to teach these individuals that we, like, kind of rent out a bunny, mm-hmm. you know, at home, and we give them instructions and give them everything they need to learn for a couple of weeks. It's great. And and just to try. What a great idea. Yeah, and it's so the parents don't have to invest a ton of money. Yeah. They don't have to buy all the stuff. Yeah. And then a couple weeks later, they're done with the responsibility, and who gets stuck with it? Mom or dad?
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so it's one of those things that really helps, and a lot of times it can be therapy. Mm-hmm. We're finding now that the ADHD kids... Get to have a pet for a couple of weeks, and it encourages them better behavior, but it calms them down. Right. Brings their blood pressure and their Mm -hmm. pulse rate down. It's just amazing the therapy the animals have. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's so
1: great when I get to take them to special needs facilities. It's something about a kid just whoosh connects with the animals.
0: That is so great. It is really cool. That is so great. Yeah. Now, you uh, you brought some props. I'm okay. particularly interested in this gigantic <laughs> book that you have.
1: <clears throat> no, um, I'm not a reader because uh-huh. obviously, with a lot of hours with man with <laughs> animals and so many animals, <laughs> yeah, I don't get reading time much at all, uh-huh. <laughs> except for the Lord's Word and church. I don't get a lot of time, unfortunately, uh-huh. to read. Um, but one book that has inspired me was I got this really cool livestock. Um, encyclopedia. So from nineteen. 19- I mean,
0: this is this is like a three and a half inch book. It looks like it's from the eighteen hundreds.
1: Nineteen oh nine. I mean, this yeah. is
0: a cool old book. right here. It's
1: very cool. I thought about getting rebinded. So when I first started, I um, I didn't have any paperwork on what I do, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know I was going to be a rescue. Petting zoo, education you center. You were just kind
0: of flying by the seat of your pants. I was. I was. You were like, I, I love animals, and people know I, I love do. animals, and I want to share them, and Amen. people want to share them with me, and that's Amen. what was going on.
1: I think in looking <laughs> back 30 years, I think that it was my therapy through my abusive relationship. For sure at the time, And they gave me back unconditionally. Yeah. and You bet. It was amazing. Yeah. But I didn't have a book on how to run it. So.
0: <laughs> and there was this, no internet when you started.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and even the internet, not everything's true that's on there. But this kind of helped me a little bit, but it was very dated. But it's a cool old, old book, uh, kind of a live stock and complete stock doctrine, because what I do is not really found in a book or even on the internet. And I'll give you a small experience. Yeah. I had a calf that was having a baby. And uh, we asked the farmer across the way to come over, and I'm like, hey, look at me. It looks like the baby's kind of stuck. I don't know what to do. Right. So he gets out um, a come-along chain. And it, to describe them, they're a long metal thing with chains and two hooks and then a ratchet kind of tightening thing. Yep. And he started putting it on the cow, the mama cow's legs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and was going to uh, stretch it and of the baby and pull the, the thing out by manual power. Right. So after watching this, I was like,
0: uh, that was horrifying.
1: Really what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Ever again. And so just being a mom, having had a few babies yep. and um, not really into medicine and that angle of it, I kind of went, there's got to be a better way here to do this. So thinking of the, just looking at it, I don't know what the Lord and talked to me back then. And I put my hands inside basically creating Mm -hmm. that airlock to open. And as I put my hands in, the baby just kind (laughs) of more slipped out because it was uh, not correctly, like what you might call breach in in humans. Mm -hmm. And that baby kind of just came out of the mom much easier by me opening just a stupid air hole. But I guess old farmers, who all I had to rely on back in the early 90s, that's the way they did it. And it's called pulling calves for a reason because they literally they're literally, chaining the
0: cab to a tree and pull and them they out. use a
1: come along to pull them out at times and i'm not trying to make it look bad to the sure. farming industry please no disrespect yeah, yeah. um but since then i've learned wait a minute let's treat this as a human body kind of thing and yeah. there's just air suction going on here yeah. or whatever and i've been blessed oh maybe it was the lord you know telling me how to get hands on yeah but but that gave me a great experience of wait a minute i'm not gonna find this on the internet i'm not gonna find anything and there's no book on how to do this i'm just gonna have to experiment with it yeah and i was blessed to learn a lot of this stuff in my first few years going okay i got this figured out yeah you know um a lot of people don't know that male cows don't live very long Mm -hmm. when they're born because one male cow can service a hundred or so females sure so what do they do with the male cows right you know, people don't realize that. Yeah. You're always going to see females. Yeah. You know, and those are the little tiny things of education that we try to yeah. educate when we're out there with petting zoos.
0: So you've used this book as kind of a guideline to help you. A
1: little, It's kind of dated, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Does it have a section there about birthing with come-alongs? No, it didn't.
1: But, yeah, it's hard to go back to the 1900s, and, uh, you know, we've come a long way since then. Sure. And I think mom and midwifery, those things are more what God, I think, wanted, you know, with a gentle hand. And so that kind of has helped in some ways. But I have done a lot of popsicle sticks and uh, vet wrap bandages that I don't think there's a book version for. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't get much time for reading,
0: sorry. We just we just figure it out as we go along. So I was I was Facebook stalking you before the show and I noticed something kind of awesome about you that you <laughs> are roller derby woman. So yes. how did you get into that and, and what's the story behind that?
1: Okay, so um, I am part of Lilac City Roller Girls and I have been doing it for twelve years. I am one of the oldest roller derby active a skater in the United States, I think there's a handful of us that still do it around the United States, and uh, fewer and fewer, more and more. And I'm blessed to be able to do it. I you have, must be
0: in good shape.
1: Y- yeah, I'm pretty good.
0: I good mean, shape, yeah. I mean, I know I you're mean, these out. animals
1: keep me. Yeah, fit, I know. I know <laughs> you're chasing
0: animals all day long, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. roller derbies—it's yeah. no joke.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. I have been blessed to have um, a few dabbles in roller skating over the years. Um, I have been blessed to. Um, I tried to skate a long time ago when I was a youngster, and the figure skating world was okay. I just, I don't know, didn't like it very much. Then I went into disco skating, and uh, as funny as that may sound, but back in the um, 70s, 80s, it was very popular. It was fun, and I had a partner, and we did all these tricks and stunts, and I was blessed to, from there, get to travel the world.
0: No kidding. Yeah. yeah. You were like a competitive disco. No, not
1: competitive. No, you just did it uh, for for show. Yep. I got a a couple of sponsors and we traveled the French Riviera and then I went back to the Eiffel Tower. Okay,
0: Joy, if you had sponsors, you were a professional. That's the definition of being a professional. Somebody was paying you to do it. Yeah, they
1: did. They did. And it was mostly for (laughs) companies. But I I got blessed. I definitely got blessed with being able to do that. And it was fun. And I got to learn. And and it was amazing. So when I heard of roller derby in this town, I was like, what? I love skating. I'm all over that stuff. And here I am going from, oh, Lord, Adagio and Pears and all this fancy stuff to roller derby and i'm like okay and i didn't know wait a minute i can't stand up and be pretty i have to squat down and be tough and don't fall i'm like
0: put a helmet on you're supposed on
1: it. to fall wait a minute i'm gonna fall i never fall what are you talking about i spent
0: all these years learning not to yes fall. exactly
1: and be pretty and this <laughs> and now you have to be mean and tough and pretend you have a persona and, yeah and so yeah it was very different but i learned and i love it and it's a little aggressive But um, it has evolved quite a bit over the years. When it first started, it was more for show and entertainment, and it's a real athletic sport now. And it's amazing. The women that come there, oh boy, that's a whole, whole different thing. They're all looking just to fit in, kind of, I think, somewhere. I just wanted to skate. But um, it's amazing. It's awesome. It's an amazing competitive thing to do, and you have to play by the rules. It's not really hitting and all these things that are illegal you're not allowed to use your hands or arms or elbows so you have to do it with your body you know, and there's certain things, but it's a lot of work. Um, it's a very competitive sport. Um, it's now also co-ed and men as well, but it did start with strictly women. And it's awesome. I have an amazing team. And uh, I
0: imagine that that you get pretty close with these teammates. Very close. Because it's a pretty unique sport. Yes.
1: And you bond with these. And women. you're like, They're you're amazing. like, we're
0: like roller derby babes. Yeah. Like we well, got yeah. this thing together. <laughs> we're. Oh, so do you have like a roller derby name? I do. Oh. Lay it on
1: (laughs) me. Joyful, destroyful.
0: Oh, that is great. (laughs) Joyful, destroyful. Uh, Oh, man. Yeah. Don't be... uh it's Don't be polite. fooled by the, the, the farmer joy, <laughs> exactly, you know, persona exactly. because joyful the destroyful. But I'm not
1: mean. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm strategic. But I've been blessed, like I said, to have a great skating career and bring that here, and then went pro and and then bring that to have fun. And when I heard about it, spoke in, Spokane, I'm like, where is this? I'm in. I'm, take me there. I'm, yeah. I'm in. I want to do it. I had to learn. You know, and yeah. I'm not the meanest or the toughest. Um, I definitely brought a lot of my dance skating and my disco skating era to this um but i i can do okay for an old lady
0: <laughs> i bet you're awesome uh,
1: thank you there's not many over 60 skaters so <laughs> that is
0: super cool
1: but i enjoy it it's an amazing um bond of women and it definitely um teaches you a lot
0: and it keeps you in shape too
1: well my farm i think does that but yeah it does keep I mean, me in sh- shape as well we're pretty... kind of shut down now because of the yeah. um yeah but um it's, how many
0: teams are there in this area
1: just one right now. So there you, used to be two or three who do you we travel. With? Normally we travel once a month and we compete locally once a month. So okay. in our surrounding areas and states we might compete with the same team twice, mm-hmm. once in our location and once theirs. Covid's really put a squash on it. Oh
0: yeah, s- for sure. Sadly. Yeah, yeah. But
1: um yeah. So we're pretty hands on when we do that sport. But it's a lot of fun. For me it's a great outlet because obviously I'm giving so much to these animals that it's nice for me to go out and have something to release my stuff with. And so it's been very helpful. And it's an amazing group of women.
0: Yeah. It's important to have something like that in your life for sure.
1: Yep. And since I have that dance background and all that, I have been blessed to travel around the world a couple of times and skate in really crazy places that you'd never, ever think. Like what? Um, I have skated on the Eiffel Tower. What? Yes. There is a top level. And uh, we did a Peugeot car commercial. And they had a car up there and we did a skating commercial.
0: When was this what year? I'm got to find this on the internet. I know, it's got I to be there somewhere. It.
1: Um it's probably early 80s. Early 80s.
0: So um, you and your partner were hired by Peugeot to go to Paris yes, and shoot yes. this commercial I for their car. Was, and they put a car up
1: there? Oh yeah, several. Well, there's a floor. I wow. guess if I remember correctly, there's a restaurant or something on the top and then there's like a dance floor or meeting room and they emptied it so we did the commercial there for Peugeot years ago. yeah. That is awesome. And then I've also toured the entire French Riviera with um, a commercial group for six weeks. Yeah. That is so So I've had some amazing, cool. blessed with some amazing things with skating. Yeah. Totally different from roller derby. Yeah. And totally different from the dance world yeah. because disco was a different era. Sure. But we added adagio to it, which was smoking. Yeah. You know. I actually hold a title back a long time ago with that era too but so roller derby uh came along and i'm like oh my gosh i gotta do something with my skates sure. you know my kids are grown and almost out of the house and so it was like i'm in sign me up yeah but then it was like wait a minute it was kind of like going from a luxury car to a <laughs> little sport you know thing and you're like wait a minute i can't look pretty when i do this i have to be mean <laughs> and aggressive and try and knock girls down okay i'll, I'll, I'll try this but i'm not a mean skater <laughs> But it's an amazing um, a group of women that do it, Yeah. and I see that there's a lot of hurt that comes there, and, and it heals as yeah, well because for sure. you get, you know, women. But it's not the TV fake stuff. You know, it's definitely a sport, mm-hmm. and it's it's um, you have to abide by the rules. Yeah. But it's an amazing group of women that do well, this. Well, yeah.
0: that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, that. that's a great part of your outlet, story.
1: My little outlet. <laughs> <laughs> Amen.
0: Okay, now let's talk about socks. Okay. I mean, you, you, uh, I, let's see. I'm trying to think. I, I've had guests wear two different socks because they wanted to showcase multiple socks, but I don't think I've ever had anybody actually bring an extra pair besides the ones on their feet. Okay. So I'm especially <laughs> stoked right now, Joy. Okay,
1: cool. Well, so I, tell me what we've got. You know, it's kind of silly we are as good as our tools at times
0: yes oh boy. and
1: with any trade you you're gonna find that and i believe that the lord blessed us with hands to do certain things and our feet my feet take a beating every day mm-hmm. and i don't know how i stumbled across these socks but um they are um amazing socks and the nice thing about these socks um they're called darn tough Oh, yeah. They're called Darn Tough Mm -hmm. for a reason. They actually guarantee their sock. So if and when you wear it out, you send it back to them and you get credit to buy a new pair of socks. Whoa. Which is amazing because in my industry, socks are kind of everything because our feet, if our feet don't work, we can't work. And the animals depend on me to work. For sure. So um, these are my favorite socks. They're called Darn Tough and I kind of don't wear anything else.
0: These are awesome. And
1: (laughs) they make a whole bunch of socks for every industry of work. Uh They have padded heels. They have padded toes. This
0: almost looks like a ski sock.
1: And it's super long because (laughs) you have to wear big muck boots. Yeah. So they do wear different kinds, and they make them trek socks and hiking socks and boot socks and thick socks and thin socks because our feet are everything. If my feet don't work, I can't tend to my animals. For sure. And when you're wearing muck boots um it's not comfortable sometimes they don't make uh, a lot of very good muck boots (laughs) that have heels and soles and lifts and you know different areas to cater to comfortness so it's all in our socks so we can wear padded heels padded toes insulated -insulated. non-insulated they make them for running and tracking and jogging and i like the fact that when and if they do wear out i get to send them back and i get to go get a new pair
0: how many times have you sent them back
1: Oh goodness! Well, Let me think. I have been wearing them probably for fifteen years. Okay. Let me sound like a commercial here, but um, I won't wear anything else now but yeah. them. All right. Because they are comfortable, yeah. and because when you're wearing cowgirl boots and muck boots, you need something that helps your calf, yeah, helps your ankle, helps yeah. your toes to stay warm. Um, and these have sufficed the best for me. So, what was your original question?
0: I don't know, but oh, what I'm thinking now is you, you might be the first person I've ever had on this show who is more passionate about socks than I am.
1: Well, when you spend a lot of hours, four to six hours a day outside with animals, <laughs> and I am not like a, 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 a sport, the mailman. I don't get evenings off, and I don't get weekends off, and I don't get holidays off. That's right. You have to be as good as your gear is. Yeah. And it's typically a Carhartt-type coverall with a million things in my pockets. Yep. And if you don't have good, cold, warm warm feet, warm toes, and warm hands, you're dead. Yep. And when feeding takes you an hour to hour and a half, two or three times a day, you have to be comfortable. I love it. You know, and so my tools are my Carhartt. And my socks. I love And it. my gloves. <laughs> and in doing this for over 30 years, trust me, I've tried a lot of different stuff.
0: Yes, I'm sure you have. And
1: when your boots leak, when you step in a mud puddle, oh. or you step in a hole and it ruins your boot, and then your sock has to absorb it, you just got to keep on going because you don't get to go back when you've got a couple layers on, mm-hmm. when it's freezing. Because I always tell people, you know, the mailman gets days off. But I don't. No yep. holidays. Doesn't matter how cold or how hot it is. Those animals survive on me mm-hmm. going out there and giving them fresh water, food, and love.
0: Yep, they're totally dependent. So
1: these are super, super, super these are awesome. important in I my world. Them. And I tell you, dark stuff. Oh yeah, tough.
0: I remember my question. How many have you said? Have have you sent back?
1: Oh, maybe like five or six not that many wow because they really last a long time and I wear them out like the heels rub you know and they're amazing but they make these socks with a lifetime guarantee how many times do you see that
0: on socks never yes
1: and I mean seriously I have had them 10 or 15 years and I wear them a lot
0: that's amazing so
1: I am a Kind of a walking billboard for them, I guess.
0: Okay. I'm going to try <laughs> them like, out. Great
1: testimony. Darn Tough are amazing because I, I bought them first and I know they're like 20 bucks a pair. Sure. But they'll be the best sock you ever have because okay. you're like, wow. They cater them now to so many industries that you can actually have comfortable feet.
0: I would I would love to hear you out in the audience if you've had experience with Darn Tough socks. Yes. I'd love to hear your experiences. Yes. And, uh, and they make
1: amazing and you, hiking trekking. You,
0: and me, and Joy, we will. Uh, Amen. We will start this thread on talking about oh, our experience yes, Darn Tough. Yes, Tuff. yes, I'm they're
1: called Darn Tough for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. No questions asked.
0: So I, I did not Sorry. know you were bringing Raymond. I know. So surprise, you're going to be. Surprise. You're going to be stoked about about my socks. Check okay, these cool. babies out. Oh. Now, these are...
1: Oh, they're like... They're a, chickens. They are chickens. These are my... Oh, Raymond, don't get sighted. There's no girls here. It's just sorry. a sock picture. Yeah,
0: I know. I know you're listening to us over there, Raymond. So these are my these are my chicken socks.
1: Actually, I think they're rooster socks.
0: The, yeah, that's better. They're because rooster see socks.
1: Because the eyes? And see how he has the eyebrows?
0: Uh-huh.
1: And the the girls don't have that. Yeah. Really? And I think they're rooster socks, which is appropriate for you.
0: That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I have a gift. Oh, my. I have a gift for you. So I... Uh, it's funny I I pick out socks for my guests and you know and, and it's all you know sometimes they're really they're really poignant but uh, you know I mean we prior to this Joy and I have I met you at a you know you you brought the animals out to my wife did a girls camp last summer or the summer before and that's and okay. that's where we kind of connected is my wife was like you should interview Joy oh, farmer joy cuz she's awesome remember. <laughs> No no <laughs> I mean you have to
1: remind me There's more There's no in way you would and
0: I was only there briefly um <laughs> But you know, I could I could see your love for animals then, and you know, even even more so now. So these these socks they actually say "lover" on them, oh, and they cool. got this guy given you your, kind of giving a hug on it. Nice. Now these are these are one of my favorite brands. This is Stance. They're it's very comfortable. Not a good work sock necessarily, but it's very comfortable as far as socks well, go. Well,
1: I can wear them for roller derby.
0: They'd be great uh, roller derby socks. I, oh, you know, really I wear them when I play basketball, or nice. when I exercise, or when I go, I, I hike. Nice. You know, and I, they have a couple of hike. You know, socks nice. That they'll are be really perfect.
1: Good. Thank you very much. So, yeah, they'll be perfect.
0: They do not have a lifetime guarantee. <laughs> that
1: that I know sorry. of. Stance, sorry. if you're
0: out there and I'm wrong, please correct me <laughs> or sponsor this podcast. One Amen. Way or another. Sponsor it. Yay, <laughs> Darn yay, tough. Yay. Joy needs a sponsor.
1: Exactly. I wish they would. I swear. Mm-hmm.
0: Corporate sponsor would be perfect.
1: Oh man, that'd be awesome. Any sponsor'd be great. A blessing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: So if somebody in the Spokane, North Idaho area, Inland Northwest, wants to connect with you and with your ranch, mm-hmm. what's the best way to do that?
1: Call me, text me, great. M- email me, message me, Facebook message me.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty um, easy to find. Great. And uh,
0: I'll put yeah. uh, I'll put your contact information in okay. the show notes so yeah, people absolutely. can find you Thank and. You. And, of course, we'll post it on Facebook. Yep. And so and know that if they're in a bad them.
1: situation and they just need temporary housing, I can help them till better their situation so they can have it back. Right. We do not sell our animals, um, so they are um, a true rescue. I know there's a lot of rescues out there, or so-called rescues, that rehome and resell their animals. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing we don't do. Very good. So the um, Lord allows me and blesses me to mm-hmm. um, provide these animals a great home. I have great support. Um,
0: yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. thanks so much for Thank coming for in, Farmer Sox. Joy. You're welcome. <laughs> Let me know what um, you think. Okay. And I'll have to find me some darn toughs and, and exactly. give them a shot.
1: Exactly. Check them out. I'll have Very to get good. some to you. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks, Farmer Joy.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thank you.
0: The Socks and Soul Podcast is a production of Ditto Film Media. If you enjoy this content, be sure to give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts join the conversation on Facebook at Socks and Soul Podcast.